0: Hello there, this is going to be for Isaiah chapter 5. This chapter is divided into two parts. The first part, verses 1 through 7, is the song of the vineyard, and part 2, which is verses 80 to 30, the bitter crop that is produced. The song contains two parts, first through 6, 1 through 6, the song, and then 7 is the interpretation. The Lord who planted the bride in a fertile hill and provided for her expected her to bring forth good seed or fruit but instead she brought forth bad fruit and so the bridegroom let her go to waste reaping the natural consequences of her sowing the song shows the great love and attention that the lord has shown to the house of israel throughout the ages including in her own disp- in our own dispensation verse 1 and then will i sing to my well beloved i e the prophet composes a song or poetic parable of a vineyard showing god's mercy and israel's unresponsiveness A song of my beloved, Christ, touching his vineyard, Israel. My well-beloved hath a vineyard in a very fruitful hill, i.e. Israel. And he fenced it, and gathered out the stones thereof, and planted it in the choicest vine, and built a tower, or set prophets in the midst of it, and also made a winepress therein for a good harvest. And he looked that it should bring forth grapes, in other words, faithful people, and it brought forth wild grapes, apostasy. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem, the men of Judah, judge. I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard, I'll give you the facts, you be the judge. What could have been done more to my vineyard that I have not done in it? The main question. Wherefore, when I looked, or planned, that I should bring forth grapes, it brought forth wild grapes. And now, go too, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge, or the divine protection thereof. And it shall be eaten up, and I will break down the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. And I will lay it waste. It shall not be pruned nor digged, but there shall come up briars and thorns, false doctrines and behaviors. And I will also command the clouds that they rain no more upon it. The Spirit withdraws, and no profits. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah his pleasant plant. And he looked for judgment or justice, and behold oppression for righteousness, but behold a cry. In other words, riotous living. A parable of the destruction and scattering of Israel or Judah. 8 through 25 then presents a series of six woes, all of which demonstrate the low spiritual state of certain groups. The first woe, 8 through 10, speaks out against the improper use of land, the second 11 to 17 contains the prophetic word of the, in, on the manner in which those of the world improperly and with evil intent eat drink and make merry. The third 18 to 19 is directed against those who are wicked and mock God and his divine plan. The fourth 20 speaks against liars and those who fight against the things of God, and the fifth 21 deals with conceited individuals who believe themselves to be wise, and the sixth 22 to 23, accuses those who give bribes and belittle the righteous. Verse, one, verse 8, <clears throat> Woe well unto them that join house to house, that lay field to field, till there be no place, that they may be placed alone in the midst of the earth, i.e. be left to, to dwell alone. The wealthy landowners absorb the small farms of the poor. This refers to building up great landed estates by oppressive means. In mine ears, said the Lord of hosts, of a truth, many houses shall be desolate, even great and fair without inhabitant. Yea, ten acres of vineyard shall yield one bath, or eight and a half gallons, and the seed of an Homer, six and a half bushels of seed, shall yield an Ephah, about a half a bushel. This shows how unproductive the land will become because of wickedness. Verse 11 Woe unto them that rise up early in the morning, that they may follow strong drink, that continue until night, and wine inflame them. And the harp and the viol, or the lyre, the tabret, or the drum, and pipe, "'Instruments associated with the worship of the Lord and wine are in the feasts, "'but they regard not the work of the Lord, neither consider the operation of his hands. They are "'This is hypocritical worship. "'Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge or revelation, "'and their honorable men are famished and their multitude dried up with thirst. "'The prophet Joseph Smith said, "'The church must be cleansed, and I proclaim against all iniquity. "'A man is saved no faster than he gets knowledge.' But if he does not get knowledge, he will be brought into captivity by some evil power in the other world. And evil as evil spirits will have more knowledge and consequently more power than many men who are on the earth. Hence, it needs revelation to assist us and give us knowledge of the things of God. Verse 14. Therefore, hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. In other words, they had to add on to hell to make room for you. Uh, and then opened her mouth without measure is in riotous living and their glory and their multitude and their pomp or their noise or uproar and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it and the mean or poor man shall be brought down and the and the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty or haughty shall be humbled everyone needs humbling but the lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment and god that is holy shall be sanctified in righteousness the lord will triumph then shall the lambs feed after their manner and the waste places of the fat ones shall strangers eat. In other words, destruction will be complete. Woe unto them that draw or entice or pull iniquity with cords of vanity and sin, as it were with a cart rope, you are tethered to your sins. That say let him make, see, make speed and hasten his work that we may see it, and let the counsel of the Holy One of Israel draw nigh and come that we may know it, i.e. they will not believe in the Messiah until they see him. It is up to God to prove to us that he exists. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter." Woe unto the wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight! Woe unto the mighty to drink wine and men of strength to mingle strong drink, which justify the wicked for reward or bribes, and take away the righteousness of the righteous unto him, or from him. In other words, deprive the innocent of their rights. Therefore, as the fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, their root shall be rottenness, no posterity in the next life. And their blossoms shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One of Israel. Therefore is the anger of the Lord kindled against his people. And he hath stretched forth his hand against them, and hath smitten them. And the hills did tremble. And their carcasses were torn in the midst of the streets, for all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. You can still repent. God's mercy will still be extended to you if you'll just repent. This section introduces two divine activities that will attract members of the house of Israel to their gathering places or the lands of promise. God will hold up a flag or standard unto all the nations of the earth around which Israel may rally, and God will attract the attention of Israel through a hiss or a whistle. A third divine activity is listed in a later section of Isaiah. God will cause a trumpet to be blown, which will serve as a signal for the tribes to gather around the ensign. These three activities symbolize the manner by which the earth's inhabitants will be called to Zion in the latter days. After they accept the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 26 And he will lift, the Lord will play an active role in the restoration of the gospel in the latter days, up an ensign, a flag or rallying point, the true gospel, to the nations from far. America is far from Israel, and will hiss, or whistle, or signal unto them from the end of the earth, and behold, they shall come with speed swiftly. Brigham Young was shown in the Salt Lake Lake Valley in vision so that he would recognize the place when he and the outcasts from Nauvoo arrived. In particular, he was shown a prominent hill now north of the city that became known as Ensign Peak. From that place, said Brigham Young, the gospel will be preached to the world. A flagpole was erected there and a flag flown. From this place the Lord will hiss unto them from the end of the earth. And that was... uh, Brigham Young. Verse 27, none shall be weary nor stumble among them. None shall slumber nor sleep. Neither shall the girdle of their loins be loosed, nor the latchet of their shoes be broken. Nothing will impede those who come to Zion. The saints will not be weary, stumble or sleep, and their loins will be girded. Their shoes will be latched, and their equipment and vehicles will be ready and prepared. Those who gather to Zion are compared to a strong and mighty lion in its prime, who roars, catches its prey, and carries it away with no fear. Verse 28, whose arrows are sharp and all their bows bent, their horses' hooves shall be counted like flint and their wheels like a whirlwind. This is a, the protection of God will provide to those who come to Zion. That sounds like a train also, doesn't it? Verse 20, 29, they're roaring like jet engines, like a lion. They shall roar like young lions. Yea, They shall roar and lay hold on them prey and shall carry away safe and none shall deliver. None will stop the gathering. And in that day they shall roar against them like the roaring of the sea. And if they look unto the land, the land of the wicked, behold darkness and sorrow, and the light is darkness in the heavens thereof. The spirit, spiritual light, will not be found among the wicked. That's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.